It's not a bird, it's not a plane, it's Superhero Slate. It's a modern podcast where we talk about everything that's great. Like movies, TV, superheroes. It's Superhero Slate. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Superhero Slate, the show where we run down the latest superhero entertainment news. We love TV, movies, and superheroes, so let's talk it all out. My name is Chris. And my name is Mike. And this week, we're looking at Daredevil's Netflix continuity in the MCU. Oh, nothing more I'd like to talk about than the weeds of is yep. it or is it mcu oh <laughs> uh, we might actually have a definitive answer after a little video clip in our show notes we'll talk about that uh pretty much almost top of the show uh sony disappoints us yet again with i guess marvel character reboot announcements no they'd never do that chris they did that is not in their history that's not in their culture we are uh, i'm surprised we are a month away from madam web mike and if that's not a oh kick in the God. face i don't know what is so <laughs> Uh, it's weird to be about a month away from the live action avatar the last airbender and then also madam web it's like yeah. what what is february gonna do to us yeah. it's gonna be it's gonna be a while but I, I actually just went up to see if i could like see if i could even like pre-order these tickets yet mike just now and i was like oh maybe they're on here for like you know the 15 16 but uh peppa pig cinema party uh is the week of Ooh. this and uh, i can buy tickets for it but I cannot buy tickets for uh, <laughs> uh, Madam Web yet. So I uh, can't wait to see the popcorn vessel. Cross fingers. James Gunn is working on Peacemaker Season 2. And we'll give you a little bit of an update of that at the end of the mm-hmm. show and more. Speaking of popcorn buckets, I, I sent this over to you, Chris, because I was surprised. If you don't know, uh, listeners, Chris and I have an, an affinity of, mm-hmm. I don't know, I not really owning, but we just think. Oh, the I've pop, got a I've got a small collection, buckets. but like they're they're not all of them. But we like to look at them. Yeah. We like to discuss. Them. I, I I like the challenge uh, of the you know the merchandising department of like how do we turn this movie into an object that can hold mm-hmm. popcorn. And I was I was tickled to see that uh, Wonka's was his hat. It's just like a turned over hat. I'm sure it's plastic. It's got to be plastic if they're putting popcorn in. I was like, oh, it's just Timothy Chalamet's yeah. hat. But I didn't look up the scale of it though. So I'm hoping it's one that you could put on your head it's, afterwards. Like so, you finish your popcorn, and then after the movie's over, you put it on your head. I, I'm looking at it. it's a, it's a Cinemark product, so it's available on there. It's a chocolate hat, if you will. It's a chocolate cover with gold foil. It, it's 85 ounces, so it's. I mean, if you've got a smaller head, it could probably work for you. Um, but um, if you look at if you look at AMC, they actually have his briefcase as a popcorn tin, his lunchbox. Uh, Whoa, hold on, AMC Wonka. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll link, I'm going to link is. it oh, to you. I, I got it. I, fa- yeah. I got it. I found it. It opens okay, up. It's interesting. AMC went tin. Cinemark went hat. Oh, it opens up like Indian in the cupboard. <laughs> a little bit. It's a little bit. It's apparently, you know, his his little his uh, lunchbox in there. But absolutely, I love a good popcorn vessel, Mike. Especially if it lights so, up. But I hate. I will not turn it on in the theater. I will do everyone a favor and not turn it on in the theater. Oh so. God, yeah, that's just unless you're doing like something like the Eras tour, like a, a concert. Oh then, my you know, God, I've, I was there for that. I don't want to hear about it. But go on. <laughs> I I just like I'm I'm on the AMC theaters like. Um, like listing for the product where I can buy it. Yep. Uh, and it says 1999. I gotta imagine that it costs more at the AMC. Cause you got to pay it's, for the popcorn that goes in it. Right. It's about the same. Uh, you actually, Oh uh, wow. Um, you, so any, I'm losing money. If I buy it on the internet is what you're telling me. Yeah. I, I'll get free popcorn. If I go to the theater, to the, get it. the one, I, yeah, yeah. The, the, the big, the big buck popcorn. Um, but AMC, they did the, um, I had to order the Thor one, the, the, love and thunder the cracked hammer tin from amc mm-hmm. and it was the same price if i was in in theater to buy it so uh, it gotcha. was comparable it is funny this listing also has in bold as a bullet point shipping mid-december 2023 which yeah. means this got like listed ahead of time and they're like we're gonna have a rush of orders for this briefcase yeah. tent we better put yeah. a warning on there it, this ain't no two-day shipping yeah. you're gonna have to wait till december to get your popcorn tin. yeah well i've seen a lot of a lot of them um a lot of stores do that. Well, I'll talk about it here. But the, if you go back, there's an Aquaman. If you click on the movie merchandise link on their website, Mike, Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom electro-plated popcorn tub and cap oh combo. It's the metal, gold metal 
uh, fish scales and his green plastic underwear as one big set here for $30. Okay, so I think uh, we are like one step away from synergizing with uh, Stanley Tumblers here. Oh, God. I mean, uh, people, I've already seen the videos of people uh, rushing targets to get that Valentine's Day colored uh, tumbler. I mean, imagine like an exclusive like Deadpool Stanley Tumblr. It's got, I don't know what it's got on it, his face, or if it's just a little bit more subtle. I'm out. I'm not not even even going down that road. Uh, That's my, there you go. That's my prediction for the year. Uh, I don't know if Stanley Tumblr, I think they already do maybe some merchandising, but Mm -hmm. I mean, they're at the height of their powers right now. So I think they need to uh, start uh, merchandising with movies. Look, look, I'm all for a good fad, but like, um, yeah, I, I, my, my wife has a Stanley from, from last year and it never fits into the cup holder in the cars. And I'm like, why do you bring this in the fucking car? If it's not going to fit in the cup holders, she's like, "Well, I need my water." I'm like, "You have other ones that fit in here. Have a travel, have a have a to go cup, and leave the." the Chris, the she needs her runs. water. She can have water. She can have water in a cup that fits the cup holders. I'm like, this is just this is driving me nuts. But you know what? You, you know how we um uh, we've talked about off mic about how the accessible the the access to things like Apple CarPlay mm-hmm. uh, is totally influencing people's decisions to buy cars or not yeah. like I, I bet that is for some people out there they show up to the car lot they test drive and they're like if this Stanley Tumblr does not fit in the cup holder I ain't getting this car I yeah. guarantee that has happened once and the salesperson is just over there like losing their mind like are you yeah. telling me we were like two seconds away from signing this paperwork but you had to put that in the cup holder you, they probably we just said okay well we actually have a bigger car the 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 increase of of uh, upper mid-size suvs is due yeah. to the the stanley tumbler some tumbler cup holders in there yeah we need like uh we need that like emblem ensconced on the back of vehicles you know right under like if it's like no. a luxury model no, like no. what number have like the stanley logo no, no put, it, put, it. put it on the windshield next to the sirius xm logo uh, yeah, the sticker that go. way that way it's right next to the that way when you walk up to it you're like oh yeah, I know what I'm and getting we're into. We're something. Yeah. 2024, our brains are firing on all cylinders, man. Yeah, all the well, neurons are getting where they need to go. And I'm scared of that. I'm I'm absolutely <laughs> horrified by this. But that's fine. We're having fun, and it's all it's all good here. Um, we're gonna talk about some stuff here, but I'm gonna talk about. I'm not putting the notes here, but I'm gonna talk talk to you about a resurgence of mine, Mike, that has happened in the past okay. three months, and that is Digimon. And I oh my god, I wasn't I, expecting this. Yep, wow. I don't know how, what your knowledge and experience with Digimon is, Mike. But I have. I, to I have. Up. I have some. I have some. Uh, of the like the Digimon pets, like the Digi pets. Oh, uh, just knowledge in general. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Okay, so I grew up um, watching the the original the anime show, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Fox Kids era stuff like that. My brother and I, uh, we had um, some of the season two Digivices, the like, the ones you carry. It's like a, it's essentially like a Tamagotchi, but mm-hmm. you know you can battle them. Um, well, uh, ha- uh, Bandai has come out in the past like two years, three years, a essentially a Fitbit bracelet for Digimon now, rather than carrying around the little blocks. Uh, to do sets, it, they essentially have taken a Fitbit form factor, if you will. And oh, you, I'm I'm googling it now. I see. Yeah, so the Vital Hero or the the the, the Vital Bracelet BE. Mm-hmm. Um, so you essentially get a Digimon on like a little SD card, and you load it in, and you train it, and walk it, and you have any sort all sorts of Digimon on your bracelet you can carry with you now, rather than like having like the one pet at a time, if you will. Mm-hmm. So uh, my brother and I have both bought a couple of these bracelets and a couple of these cards, <laughs> and we we're like. We're gonna we're gonna train them up and then we're gonna fight them here next time I see them in like you know next six months because we we like, oh see each other six months yeah. but like I'm just like I'm just like wow this is you know the fact that Digimon are, are still around great because they were essentially what people thought was like a a, a great value Pokemon if you will uh-huh. and uh, they kind of are you know they have their own little rules but like you know there's a bunch of video games they have card games all sorts of stuff but I'm very excited to uh, relive some of that that you know late nineties childhood stuff. Uh, now that I have the, money to buy what I want. The single best part of this device, I love how you load the Pokemon, or sorry, <laughs> sorry, the, the <laughs> Digimon <it> <laughs> yeah. onto your uh, like Fitbit device through like a little uh, USB drive because that's exactly the kind of stuff I loved when I kind of watched these uh, different animes growing up. Like Metabots yeah. had a similar thing where there's always like a like an accessory, something that you got to plug in, something tactile. Yeah. I mean, because I, I mean, I'm not. And you sell toys to... without it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's just like, and also 
the the hilarious part is they 100% do not need to be on a flash yep. drive. There's a million different ways. Like I'm sure the fo- the file size of this thing is microscopic. Oh, so they people, could they could load all of these. the like you yeah. can like create your own. I'm like, yeah, that's great. Even better. So absolutely. Yeah. They they could have just preloaded every single Digimon on mm-hmm. these devices and just locked them away from well, they, they, you. They as- have to be right. They they don't have. They have to have like the sprites and everything. Like the, the watch can't handle new stuff anyway. Once you get once you like buy one or make one, mm-hmm. except for the new ones. But what's even crazy? These bracelets, the newer versions, have like Batman crossovers. You can buy a Batman character to load into this bracelet now, Mike. Because they've they've done so much, like they were so popular, they like cross promote everything. My Hero Academia heroes, like I said, Batman, um, Demon Slayer ones are coming out. Even I'm like, this is just like this is taking off for the for the man fitness era, if you will. There there was this amazing like this amazing era back in. I want to say like early 2000s. It was kind of like that hit clip oh, generation, yeah. Yeah. right? It was the hit clips. It was the um. There was these like fighters where like your little handheld device came with um like a barcode scanner, uh, and uh, the barcode that you yeah. scanned would give you like either like power ups Mon- or monsters. Monster or Rancher is what you're thinking of. Was that Monster Rancher? I'm not sure what it was Monster called. Monster Rancher had the barcode scanner and it also had a CD scanner. Uh, Star Wars had the little things that you like put the chips in where it had like the voice lines. It was just like this amazing time of technology where where these components had just gotten small enough to be portable and cheap enough to be, you know, toys that you could give to your children. Yeah. And it was just amazing. And then that's like the smartphone, kind of the rudimentary like Palm Pilot smartphone, Blackberry, kind of all came like, you know, a few years after that and kind of wiped out all of this version of technology. Yeah. But like well, – what an amazing time it, to be alive. It was well it's all phases, right? Like you know, again I've been t- cleaning my Nintendo 64. I have a clear purple controller. Do you remember when everything was clear plastic? Oh yeah. Like everything yeah. came in clear plastic and that kind of came and went um the music uh video game genre like Rock Band Guitar Hero had a rise and a fall as well. So uh but but, but Digimon these bracelets, you know, they're they're the, for me my new fad, but I think it's really cool that again it's um it promotes exercise, right? Because it is essentially a Fitbit. It matches matches your steps, and you can still relive the old Digimon stuff without having to clip on a little Digimon like huge block on your belt, and then automatically mm-hmm. be judged the second second you're walking <laughs> through. But I was like, I just want to say, if anyone, whoever went through the Digimon era and, and is living that, I'm I'm absolutely loving it again. So we are we're in the Renaissance, Mike. But I'll let you dump, jump into some of the stuff. I think you talked a little bit. Yeah, I think you've talked about both of these before, but let's. Uh, Let's hear. Let's hear round twos. The fr- first one's not new, but I did just finish a uh, Blue Eye Samurai between uh, the last episode of our podcast and this one, and it's it's amazing. It's so good. Everything that I said uh, last week still stands. Uh, but they just they nailed this first season. I haven't looked up if it's getting a second season or not, but I got to imagine out of all of the like best of TV lists of 2023 that it ended up on, uh, Netflix, do the right thing. If you haven't done it already, give us a second season of Blue Eye Samurai. Um, I, I don't say this to, um, to uh, knock animation down a peg or two in general as a medium, but I feel like usually it's harder to find really well-told stories in animation because you kind of got to get lucky in a sense of you need somebody with an animation background that is also good at writing or identifying good writing, and then they create an animation project that's great like that. And I feel like usually when you have standalone scripts that are really, really good, they typically get elevated to live action. You know, they climb that ladder uh, where it doesn't necessarily have to be animated. But this is just this great confluence of great writing, uh, great animation, and it's all working well together. Um, There was one thing that, that if I had to pick out like a pet peeve, and this is kind of something I've talked about a little bit when we bring, whenever we bring up Kingsman Two, where sometimes I feel like they stretch the realm of the reality that they've established, where um, you're seeing some maybe unrealistic, you know, feats of strength. Uh, but I looked past those and I enjoyed the the story overall. But Chris, you got to watch Blue Eye Sam right now. It's so mm-hmm. good. Uh, you you can burn through those eight ep- episodes pretty quickly, and I think you'll really really like it. Okay. And then and next up, yeah. So you got another have, one here. Um, 
we have uh, The Fall of the House of Usher. This show kind of picked up at the tail end of last year. It's from Mike Flanagan, who did a lot of these other really popular Netflix shows like uh, Haunting of Hill House. And I can't think of the two other ones. Midnight Mass is one. But usually he kind of delves into like the spooky, creepy, scary, like get ready. It's October. Netflix is dropping a new show of his. The Fall of the House of Usher is a is an interesting mix of like I would say Succession and American Horror Story. So you still get the jump scares occasionally, but this is more of like a family drama of watching basically rich people fall to their doom, which is really satisfying. So if you liked watching Succession but also kind of wish that, you know, oh, maybe Roman would die after he did something really, really shitty, uh, I would recommend The Fall of the House of Usher. We haven't finished it yet. We're still moving through it, but it's been pretty fun. Uh, I'd go check it out if you like that kind of stuff, but yeah, that's what I've what I've been watching mm-hmm. this week, Chris. Yeah, and and that um, again for people who don't that has uh, stars Mark Hamill in a very creepy uh, lawyer yeah, role. So. I was I was surprised. I I haven't seen him in a minute, and uh, like visually seen him. We hear him all the time. I feel like yeah. Um, but yeah, it's great. He's he's playing a great skeezy lawyer. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, so let's jump in. You mentioned that, you know again both um. You know uh, that that was a big show last year, but what we have here, uh, I was able to gather the list of the top 2023 streaming shows, Mike, uh, of of uh, for the year. And at the top of this, um, surprisingly, uh, two shows that we both reported on, and that's The Mandalorian was number one, and Loki season two was number two of the most streamed shows last year. Which um yeah pretty pretty good. I I think that's a you know, good indicator. You know, say what you want about Mandalorian season three, which I actually forgot was last year. Like, that <laughs> feels like forever ago, right? When Mandalorian was on, um, you know, Loki Fresh. That's a uh, that's that's really 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 solid. Uh, moving down the list, uh, we have Ted Lasso, uh, You, Only Murders in the Building, which I think season four is coming up pretty pretty soon on that too. I think um, Black Mirror, which had a return seven number seven, is Secret Invasion, which uh, means a lot of people watch this. Uh, not saying it's good. It, views doesn't indicate quality, right? Uh, but a lot mm-hmm. of people tuned in the Secret Invasion because we got you know Samuel Jackson the return, and you know uh, obviously uh, a Marvel property is enough to, to get some advertising out there. Uh, followed by The Bear, and then Ahsoka number nine. Uh, so even though the character I would say is like what a niche audience, not not niche, but like a smaller like a subset of fans of Star Wars, right? Still a lot of people outside of that tuned in to watch this and make it number nine. And then uh, number 10 is The Witcher, which I think was the last season with Henry Cavill this year, right? So um, the next yeah. two seasons are um, the younger Hemsworth brother in that role. Yeah. I would say uh, the benefit that maybe some of these poor seasons have this year is it was either kind of the first poor season of a show or uh, they were short in a way. So for yeah. me, even though I wasn't really digging Mandalorian all that much or maybe even Ahsoka on some level, you know, I'm still going to watch them because it's only eight episodes. I can Mm. burn through them pretty quickly. Uh, The bigger indicator would be if these would all be getting more seasons like this calendar year, right? Mm -hmm. You know, if the last season of Mandalorian burned a couple people, you know, they might not be coming back, but I'm most surprised probably to see um, the bear on here at number eight. I think that's really great because the show is so good but out of all of these other shows on the list that are all kind of like powerhouses, I feel like the bear is sitting there at number eight, just strictly yeah. because word of mouth and it's so good. Yeah. Like there's not and, a and, lot of big names in the show, you know? Well, and I would also say it's a second season, right? Uh, benefit of mm-hmm. if you didn't tune in the first one, word of mouth got you in, you have essentially two seasons to burn through this year if you wanted to. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so that's, that's a, that's a plus, but um, yeah, I'd say black, black mirror is a very short season like episode season right there's only like three episodes on black mirror right is that um is that yeah i'm not sure i haven't watched black mirror in a minute uh i'm gonna pull pull it up here uh five it was five episodes this year so i know i know the last one was three it's a shorter show as well but um but still there but yeah i mean this is um you know kind of an indicator uh what i like to see here mike we have a lot of variety in the streaming channels on, on this top 10 like there's disney plus there's apple tv there's netflix there's hulu um, you know, there's other ones. Uh, if you look at the full 30 list um, from from Yahoo, but like, um, it's not just one streaming provider, right? Providing all the hits. Like, there you have four choices here 
providing really good stuff. So, um, <laughs> and, uh, not surprised. No uh, Peacock, Paramount Plus, uh, Max, I'm surpri- or Max, Amazon Prime. Max, I'm surprised is not on the top ten. But at the same time, uh, simply for The Last of Us, right? But I mean, I couldn't tell you a Max exclusive show. Uh, was that Succession? Succession and uh, The Last of Us were maybe the two Max shows this year. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe those are sitting at like eleven or twelve. Yeah. Honestly, shocked to see Witcher there at number ten. Yeah. I I haven't heard anybody talk about the Witcher. Well, these are not out, past season one. These are know? not U.S. These are not, these are global numbers. I'm, I'm pretty sure. And the Witcher's got a huge European fan base since uh, the mm-hmm. the books are over there. So mm-hmm. I think that would pull the Witcher up a little bit compared to what we. Because I I didn't even I I didn't even know the season came out this year, Mike. Like. I had to go verify that to make sure I'm like, am I, (laughs) is this the new one with Liam Hemsworth or is this the old one with Henry Cavill? So I had to go look it up. But um, yeah, I I think, I think it's great. And that's uh, that's some good stats to have at the end of the year. Hopefully we get some more uh, permanent ones later. Uh, Moving on uh, this, uh, this week, I believe it's Tuesday, uh, which is a weird day. Mike echo drops uh, uh, on Disney plus all five episodes all at once here. And we were talking a little bit before the show started, but uh, this is, I, to me, Mike, I would say that one of the heaviest marketing pushes um, for a show on Disney Plus in a long time. Like, I don't even think Loki <laughs> yeah. put out this much content, despite they have having a McDonald's meal uh, with a special sauce. But that didn't really yeah, go anywhere. I, I was saying that this show could very well be good, right? You know, a good writer can make anything entertaining, right? But the the marketing seems so intense and over the top compared to everything else that we've gotten from like Marvel. It's like there's grunge textures everywhere. It's the first time in a long time I've actually heard like a narrator on a like a trailer. It's just, you know, there's this dude, this, the gravelly voice that pops up at the end. It's just like I all episode streaming. You're not going to be ready for this type of thing. I, well, <laughs> I, I realize why that that is. And that's because the main character is mute. Um, so they can't have her saying anything. Uh, I was like, oh, when your main character can't do the voice, kind of like how like Tom Hiddleston did all his like the the commercial. Like, how do you do that? Because a lot of people are like, you know, I I there was she, she was in here. She said like one line, but it was like in subtitles, right? Like in text on the screen. I'm like, oh, a lot of this is probably going to be a quieter show overall uh, because she can't talk uh, in this show. So we're, we're. I mean, that's a theory that that could that could hold some water. Um, but but, uh, but, but either th- way, it just seems like the marketing is overcompensating. Maybe not necessarily for quality, but for interest well, that they that they're getting back. Still putting an asterisk on it. This is outside of again uh, Marvel's new TV writing rules. Right, this was done with the old batch of episodes during the pandemic. Right, like uh, after her debut in Hawkeye, they they made it kind of like a movie. They've tried to fix it in post. We were only getting five episodes instead of six which uh, a lot of people have speculated they've edited out an entire episode or edited it down to get the five. could be better that way. But the new teaser we've linked here as in, includes footage and dialogue from the Netflix's Daredevil series with, with the Kingpin, uh, including you know, when, when he was a boy, right? As we all know, his favorite line. From, from the show when I was a boy. Uh, but it shows him in there. Um, it's got lines. It's got, it's got uh, clips from it. So I believe the uh, producer, one of the producers, I think uh, Brad, Brad Wendigbaum or something like that. He's not doing interviews right now because of this and what if. Um, it's pretty much said that Netflix's Daredevil is it's canonical in the quote unquote sacred timeline now. So I think we're not going to have any confusion. They're not cherry pick anything. I think going forward, it's all going to be like, yeah, that shows in part of this kind of thing. Yeah. I have, I, I feel like I have, there's two mics in my head, on, on, in my head, on my different shoulders, trying to figure out how to, you know, approach this. The, um, I would say the more sane mic is going, um, it doesn't matter whether or not it's canonical. This was never in the grand plan all along anyway. You know, Jeff Loeb was the one that was controlling kind of the the Netflix side of things. This was never like, you know, Kevin Feige's purview. So they're just trying to figure out the best way to problem solve this overlap of like, well, do we how much do we actually want to reboot this character? People really liked that 
Daredevil show and watched it, so it's probably a little too hard to scrub from the face of the earth. So let's just go ahead and call it canonical, and then we'll deal with it down the line, right? That's more than likely what's actually happening, right? And then there's another part of me that's just like, no, it can't be right. I'm sure there's tons of stuff in that Daredevil Netflix show that doesn't make any sense, but we didn't see that happen there, and we didn't see Mm -hmm. that happen there, and this doesn't work, and like, you know, there's no... there's no reason for me to fall into that to that side of my personality uh but yeah i mean i guess some person producer over there can just like say it it's true and then it becomes true but i feel bad for whatever like marvel timeline book editor that has to put out the next volume trying to figure out how to put all this stuff together you know yeah and again there there's no flawlessness in everything anyway right remember when like spider-man was it homecoming had the wrong years by a long shot and they they had to be like yeah mm-hmm. this was wrong because you know sony sony put that out so absolutely i mean i to me it doesn't matter at the end of the day but like it's good that they can like if they want to reference scenes from that they want to pull footage from that to say that you know this do you remember this like this 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 action influenced this version of kingpin and this, this is what we're seeing i think that's that's perfectly fine um but you can I, watch i mean yeah I was just going to say, I suppose the thing that could shoot them in the foot a little bit is, I guess if, you, if you're if you just talking about, you know, Daredevil and his supporting characters, his friends, his business and everything, okay, and we've already had, you know, rumors that Jessica Jones could come back, okay, that's all fine, but what are we going to do about this looming, hanging chad of Iron Fist, right? Mm-hmm. I'm sure that maybe that's something that they would like to address again in the future, right, you know, mm-hmm. but... Uh, how would they, they, they? How could they do that now? I mean, would it just be like a typical but, recast? I mean, it's it's not the, the biggest the, problem in the world, but if you're if you are drawing a line that's saying Netflix's Daredevil is sacred timeline, that means you got to commit to everything that happened into it. Well, I, I maybe maybe not. I mean, they can pick and choose. Like, I'm not going to say the Defenders is is canonical. If they want to say Daredevil was, but not the Defenders, that's fine because none of that that made sense anyway. But the Iron I in to answer your thing, Iron Fist is it's a title more than a person. If they can pick someone else who's the, a new Iron Fist, it doesn't have to be Danny Rand anymore, right? Like, oh, this is the new Iron Fist. What happened to Danny? I don't know. He died. We never we never saw him again. He he shot himself with those magic bullets at the end of season two. <laughs> Poor uh, Danny. <laughs> yeah, but um, it's fine. I mean, again, we don't know anything until we watch it, and we have this, and then we also have uh, what we'll talk about in a second, uh, Daredevil Morgan. But the producer also mentioned that the uh, owner of the new Avengers Tower will be revealed soon. Now, soon is in maybe Echo or soon is in something else. You know, the only thing I can think yeah. of is some other show or movie this year, but like, cool, right? Yeah, I guess it would either be, I mean, what is what is the timeline of soon? Because the only thing soon would be Echo. I mean... Well, there's Echo, it, I, and then I think what what's... um uh. Agatha, Agatha, I don't think Agatha will have anything to do with it. What's it? Um, yeah, Agatha buys the whole building. <laughs> yeah, I don't think she. I don't think she does. I don't think it's any of those characters. But you know, I don't think everyone's like Wilson Fisk. The Kingpin bought the tower, and that'll that, that's what everyone's theorizing here. And while it may not be true, this guy knows what people are looking for. I think, like this is like that was an article in and of itself. I saw this week. The new Avengers Tower will be revealed. Uh, and then it was like soon, and we're like, okay, what? You're like, what does that mean? What show? Who's gonna? Does it even matter at the end of the day? Uh, who owns the big tower in New York going forward? But um, I don't know. I, to me, if anything, if if this guy's saying, do you think Wilson Fisk, the kingpin, will own that tower uh, by the time he gets to we get to to Daredevil, Born Again? Well, I mean, <laughs> see, here's the, here's the problem I'm running into is I never finished that final season of Daredevil because I was under the impression I didn't have to. It yeah. was uh, it was a, a dying uh, portion of the you know Marvel Cinematic Universe, and I didn't have to commit to it anymore. So yeah. I don't really know how it ends, but I remember Kingpin like trying to get out of jail and you know being under house arrest. Yeah. So does does he get out? I, it, he could, but where does he get the funds to buy a whole skyscraper? Well, he That's would, he would, well, I'm you th- skip that. Go right. Hawkeye is where we would say we, we we would just pick up where it is, right? Hawkeye. He was out. He was out in Hawkeye. Uh, he was uh, laundering money or funding money to uh, was it, uh, Kate Bishop's what dad or mo- mom? Right? Remember working with her mom, like you know, with money and stuff like that. So obviously, he he's still 
king of the underbelly, if you will, or we, you know, at least has started to be that. Um, you know, we've always we've heard the rumors because it was in the comic books. Maybe he runs for mayor of New York uh, because he's running like a, a you know something anti vigilante. I don't know. He, he'll find the money. They'll they'll explain. It. I don't think we have to worry about it. I've not I've not even seen Daredevil season three. I, I didn't even touch it. So you're actually ahead of me in some of those regards. Um, <laughs> but you know, ba- based on what we know, I, it could be him. It, it doesn't have to be, but that's what they're leaning into. But we'll go ahead and jump into our next topic, which is actually Daredevil Born Again, because um, Vincent D'Onofrio said the series is set to resume production in a few weeks. So possibly you know, February, maybe maybe early March at the latest. So uh, it sounds like they've kind of got their um, new team together. They've, they've solved the problems. They've got a plan going forward. And uh, one of the things that kind of came out of this, and we've heard this before, but you know, it was reiterated that the character Muse is rumored to be the main villain. And as you can tell from Mike's thumbnail this week, do you have a question for this, Mike? Yes. Who, who is, is character? Who is Muse? <laughs> so Muse is a very, uh, comic book-wise, a very minor villain from 2016. He was created in 2016. He is essentially a serial killer uh, who, uh, a street artist slash serial killer. He takes the blood of his victims and uses their blood to create art uh, in, in the city which is a definitely an interesting take. The other part of this, he's immune to Daredevil's enhanced senses in the comic books. So like Daredevil, like, you know, he's not faster. Daredevil's like, he, he can't pick him up as pick up on him as, as well as other like normal people. So uh, we never know his true name. We never know his exact origins uh, or his exact power set in the comic books because he, he, he died. Um, you know, a couple a couple years later in the books, but he has an affiliation with Inhumans. He came around when the Inhumans were big in the comic books, and he was killing mm-hmm. the Inhumans using their blood to like targeting specifically to make art. So I don't think he's going to be Inhuman, but I don't know if he's going to actually have any quote unquote powers at this point. Yeah, that's the that's my big issue that I harp on all the time. Of if you're gonna have a character with powers, you better find a way to explain it to me within the MCU, or I'm gonna get very mad. So if they they are don't care about going you, they down, don't care if you're mad. If they're <laughs> if they're going down this maybe mutant, you know, rabbit. Well, hole, he, he you know, he's like, on he's not a mutant. mutant. Yeah, I don't. I, he could be. He could be a mutant. I, I again, I, no. They the the worst part about this character, even after researching it, and and I know who he was from his looks no idea like even like if he has a power set other than just maybe he's quieter than a normal person i don't, I don't know uh, he's unperceivable yeah in a way possibly uh it's a cool they, it's a cool idea i mean if we're talking about serial killer uh, i feel like it fits the the dark serious vibe that we've kind of been pro- uh-huh. promised with daredevil born again uh-huh. so um i got to imagine though if they're doing wh- what was the 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 episode order 26 i think is no what was it was 18 out there 18. in the world 18 yeah uh, you're gonna need more than one villain to uh, support uh-huh. 18 episodes or you just get a really annoying well, kind of cw yeah. style of every three episodes the, the villain shows up and gets away you know and that's why i think the, again i think we, we know this you know kingpin's coming back so i think it's not the full the full thing is is the kingpin but like you know we know that it was originally set up as like a, a legal a procedural legal procedural mm-hmm. show and that was where it got rebooted and started over again. So if they're doing the kingpin is maybe getting, you know, becoming the mayor, he's running against vigilantes, but like at the same time, Daredevil is trying to be a lawyer. He's trying to be a vigilante. There's also serial killers. There's going to be more, obviously more than one, but if he's the main villain, he could be running the cases. Like why is there a serial killer out here in, in New York? And how do we stop him? If I can't figure out who he is along the way, mm-hmm. um, I, again, we, we've heard rumors that I don't think Spider-Man will show up in here. I think it was the other way where um, Daredevil will show up in the Spider-Man uh, movie. But, you know, we, we could see some, again, we mentioned the Punisher showing up at one point, I think, right? Remember, we, that was a rumor. John Bernthal coming back, um, being a vigilante slash trying to stop serial killers that lines up with that character. So I, I'm, I'm interested to see what they do with it. I, I, I think um, it's it's got potential. I have a quote here from Mark Jobst who uh, worked on Daredevil's Netflix show. And he says that, um, you know, Charlie Cox, uh, D'Onofrio and Bernthal would not keep going or sign back on to the series again, if they didn't feel it was worth the journey. He's like, they, as, as actors, he knows that they're like, they're, they don't need a paycheck. They can do whatever they want to do. 
so they he he felt confident that the show would be quality rather than just something they signed up for 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 money at the end of the day. All right. So I was like, well, that's that seems you know a pretty good, uh, I guess, endorsement without endorsing it directly at the end of the day. So we'll see. Uh, sad news for me, Mike. Uh, I guess. It's kind of sad. Uh, Stephen Yun uh, has apologetically, and that's his words, left the role of Bob Reynolds the Century due to scheduling conflicts in the Thunderbolts movie. Um, now, again, I have to, I have to, I have to tell you this. He was never officially announced by Marvel, but he has said he's left the role. So technically, I guess that's like a how do you like he's officially left it, but he never was officially announced. That's, that's a weird thing out there, right? So we're gonna take it that he was hired to do it. Uh, but he he says he wants to do a Marvel movie, but his um, the SAG after strikes rescheduled all his productions, so he just can't make mm. it due to scheduling conflict. So I mean his his career is uh, skyrocketing, right? Mm. I would say this is a scenario where he doesn't necessarily need Marvel. I'm sure he was looking yeah. forward to a possible paycheck that came out of it, mm. right? Um, but they, I, I think this might be better off overall for him. Well, well I, I mean, I think. It, I, I can't tell you if it's going to be better off for him or not. I, I think this, this it kind of makes me think this character is a one-off character in this movie, Mike. Like, you know, as much as I love the century one to live on in, in the, the, the movies, I don't think he would sign a multi-contract film or franchise. Right. Um, I think he signed on for a role that was going to live and die in this movie, if you will. Uh, knowing that probably the void is maybe, maybe the villain of this film at the end of the day. Uh, but you know, again, we are we are in a uh, you know Marvel's retooling everything, uh, the strikes have rescheduled everything. You know production schedules. We're gonna be seeing a very light 2024, and probably a heavy 2025 again, right? Because of uh, the six month, the writer strike and the actor strike all shifting everything back six plus months, if you will. Yeah. So I mean, that's a pretty interesting theory. I didn't think about that. Yeah, how what is the likelihood that a multi film contract you know, could be thwarted maybe by another contract. And maybe it can, maybe it's just all about precedent. Like, yeah, maybe he does have a smaller, like either indie movie or another streaming series coming up, Mm -hmm. but those contracts were signed first. And maybe he did have a multi-contract, a multi-year contract, multi-film contract signed for Marvel. But you know, you just gotta, you gotta, but there's nothing he can do about it. He has these other projects that's got to get bumped. Yeah. But yeah, it, it could, it could have possibly just have been one, um, but you know, yeah, I, I, seems like the century kind of has to be in the movie then. Yeah. <laughs> if uh, if yeah. they uh, if he's bowing out of it, they yeah. can't just like push it off to another film. Yeah, they they've said that they it, it, the movie will. I think they, he said the movie's staying the same. It's just like again, he even said he's like I've got I've got to do another movie at the same time. It's not possible to make it. Um, so so pos- I mean, I, I everyone's like, oh, who would you put in there, Chris? I'm like, I I don't know. Like Stephen Young was not the first was not in my list at all for someone to cast as Robert Reynolds, uh, so I think you know I trust. I, if anything, we've always said Marvel has a great casting director and they will cast appropriately for every role. I've never seen a miscast person in Marvel at all, so I, I believe they will hire someone. Now, does he ha- does he have to have the centuries like you know proportions the big muscular body you know kind of like a Superman man could or they could use the Robert Reynolds the the, the smaller skinnier person his human persona if you will so I can go either way I, I trust again I trust him to hire the right person and I'm glad I'm getting the century in a movie things I never thought I would get to see Mike in my in my <laughs> time here so um yeah that's sad but obviously. Uh, someone did ask me this week uh, when uh, they were on our release schedule. When is Invincible Part Two coming out? They have not announced that yet. The other Stephen Young project, right? Invincible season uh, season two part two has no release date yet. So for those waiting to hear him return, it'll probably be a few months before they come back as well. Uh, moving on into Eyes of Wakanda, the upcoming animated spinoff uh, series on Disney Plus. Uh, apparently the show has been written and worked on since uh, COVID-19, Mike, uh, 2021, mm. 2020, 2021. Uh, the announcement or the transition, maybe to animations, maybe more recent, uh, but it was pitched by Todd Harris, who was a longtime storyboard artist. And I would assume probably before lockdown, if you will, if they were working on it during 2020, 2021. 
Um, he was also worked. Uh, Todd Harris has worked as a storyboard artist, uh, such as Brian Andrews, who directed What If. He was a storyboard artist before he directed What If as well. So, yeah, um, I was gonna, I was gonna say, I, I wonder where this kind of fits in overall, like visual aesthetically, right? You know, we do have the, you know, the What If animation style established. They could mm-hmm. go that direction, but we've seen some, you know concept art for that spider-man animated show and that visually looks different so mm-hmm. it could it could do its own thing but i got to imagine that a lot of these animated action um i guess cartoons for lack of a better term are probably going to be through some sort of like 3d pipeline you know it just yeah. takes too long to do the 2d animation i think with how quickly they, they want to turn this stuff out and i would say they have a lot of models already built for for this uh after watching what if in what if season two, like you know, the you know in what if season two, um, you know in the there, there's a King T'Chaka model. There's you know season one there was Black Panther. Uh, I, you know they can really do some. You know I think we even saw maybe Wakanda in in season one. So you know there's there's opp- like said, opportunities to use that. Uh, I also not not to to discredit uh, X Men ninety seven is also using their own animated style, even though it's a, a you know a continuation of the X Men show. They're still using a different animation style slash pipeline as you as you said and um the other show coming up is marvel zombies which is a spinoff of what if i've not heard if that uses the same art style or not either so uh there's a there's a couple opportunities for that but uh you know this the todd harris is like why is the story where artist, you know uh, pitching and, and working on stuff directing stuff why is brian andrews story where working on this? well that's exactly how uh, Dave Filoni came to to be right. He was a storyboard artist as, and worked on storyboards before he got into Avatar: The Last Airbender, and then eventually into Star Wars. So uh, it seems to be a great uh, career path for people who are invested in it, right? To to yeah. work their way through that. And you know, also a lot of these Marvel shows, I guess they are changing the formula though with their live action stuff. Uh, they're kind of just looking for somebody to like shepherd the show through production and then there's a higher up executive producer that's kind of making the calling like the bigger shots Mm -hmm. so really the person that you need shepherding an animated show is somebody that's familiar with how animation gets made so i'm it's not too surprising to see these kind of storyboard artists rise up the ranks but yeah that is that that is a good uh, thing to mention that similar filoni history there yeah who's now doing live action um i will say uh last thing i want to add i did watch the last episode of what if i hadn't finished it because it came out last time we recorded um holy shit mike that's a good episode like the culmination of season two episode uh i will say i i I want people to watch it but i mean if you want a preliminary visual into what secret wars could look like that's your episode right there so very very fun very very excited to do that so so kudos to them and hopefully season three is right around the corner. Armor Wars uh, is uh, a movie coming up. It used to be a show. Now it's a movie coming into Marvel. Uh, the rumor is that Justin Hammer will return from his Iron Man 2 days to be the villain in this, which makes sense, right? Because he was essentially... Iron Man 2 is not my favorite movie. It's it's, it's, it's fun to watch. Um, it's got, you know, obviously the ACDC soundtrack, the Invention of War Machine. Uh, Justin Hammer played by Sam... We're not Rockwell. Sam, yeah, not Sam, Sam Rockwell. Uh, awesome actor, awesome villain, uh, but really goofy story with what he was doing. So if they can turn around and make him an actual you know, villain, that will be great. Uh, he also, uh, Sam Rockwell, voiced Justin Hammer in a What If Season 2 episode. So he is apparently open to working with Marvel still after all these years. Uh, yeah, I would I, love to I see this. I, I feel like the best type of character to kind of drop into the MCU right now is any character that's an opportunist, right? Yeah. There's been so much change in the fictional world on Earth that anybody that that wants to take advantage of the the situation uh, yeah. makes a lot of sense. So I got to imagine Justin Hammer's been doing a lot since we last saw him. Yeah, well, he was in jail uh, in what, uh, All Hail the King, right? Uh, the, the he he made a cameo in the um, when Trevor was broken out by the real Tin Rings or whatever, um, but. Mm. You know that was like early Thor, you know days. Uh, um, what was what movie was he? In? Iron Man three. Iron Man three. Um, and honestly, with the uh, passing of Tony at at the end of Endgame, you know there is the world needs a you know someone who's in tech and is considered smart. Whether we saw we saw him as smart as an audience or not is not the answer. It's what the world in Marvel thinks he is. So if they're like, oh yeah, he's our you know 
great value Tony Stark. Let's let's bring him in here and have some fun with him. So I, I would love to see him come back to What If. I think he's funny and smart. Um, not What If, Armor Wars. He was in What If, Mike. I hope you watch it soon so we can talk about it. Avengers 5. Uh, this is a rumor, and this is heavily a rumor. By heavily, I mean this is not true at all, but boy, I keep seeing articles on this, and it's just driving me <laughs> nuts. So I figured we'd touch on it a bit. Uh, what was previously Kang Dynasty is now Avengers 5, and it's heavily rumored that actor Coleman Domingo could replace Jonathan Majors if the contract uh, as a clause is activated, one that, like, you cause trouble for us so we can null your contract and hire somebody else to take this role. Mm-hmm. Uh, because, you know, historically, we're like, no one else can be Kang, but Disney is the biggest studio in the world. They can figure out a way to get out of this pretty easily. One one interesting thing that I found in, uh, uh, is these promo videos that Jonathan Majors is going to be doing an interview exclusively on ABC's Good Morning America, which is owned by Disney and he's just going to be it's good it's like just one of those like Jonathan Majors joins us Monday to talk about the trial and everything so and it's like all somber the lighting's all darkly lit you can tell that this was all perfectly manicurely set up by like PR reps and everything it's like it's so you can it's all so finessed Right, I don't know what the context of the interview is going to be. I I don't know who it, is and who isn't playing ball, but it's just like, what is happening here, and why is it happening on a Disney-owned network? You know, well, the, Disney can't say what what can and go on the networks. Then they, they start getting slapped by the FCC. However, I will tell you, I did watch the clip for it, um, and the pretty much the clip paints him as guilty, which is weird. Like I I don't know why anyone in PR on. Um, Jonathan Major said, "Would let this clip be the clip they show because they literally say um, convicted of uh, assaulting his girlfriend. Like literally, like that's the words they say. I'm like, what? Why would you let them do that before the the, the actual interview? Rather than like you mentioned, paint him in an innocent light. They paint him in a very guilty light early on. And then there's like a little clip where he's like wiping a tear away from his eyes, and you're like, oh no, oh no, this is not going to be fun. So I cannot wait for all the memes to happen." Uh, Monday, whenever this, this this comes out. Yeah, I feel like there's going to be lots of uh, crocodile tears. Uh, yeah, yeah <laughs> uh, exactly. Low-key crocodile tears. But yeah, that was my other note. You know, the Majors will have his first uh, interview on Monday since, you know, everything has happened. So one of the questions the interviewer does ask was like, do you think you'll ever work in Hollywood again? And then it like, I think that's when it cut to the tear. And I'm like, the oh dramatic. my dramatic. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I mean, uh, obviously he wants to. the The only reason he'd put himself in front of the camera after all of this, right, is he wants to, you know, set the record straight. You know, speak for himself. He doesn't want the last thing people think seeing about him is in court. So, yeah. I mean, I I guess I get it from a strategical point of view, but I just lay low. As I, someone I as someone who 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 has a degree in public relations. I would say lay the fuck low, like just, just, just like, hey, you know what? We'll, we'll, we'll take, we'll take two out of four, you know, not incidental damages and in, in injury, not you know, purposeful injury, and we're just gonna lay low for a year until something you know comes out, and uh, we can do something new. So, um, but the interview is 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 Monday. We'll we'll if it's relevant, we'll talk about it next week. If not, but um. Back to the point, um, if the, it's a morals clause, I, I just I forgot the word morals in there uh, is activated from from Disney. Um, they could re- recast him. Uh, this actor, uh, I think, said something finally today was like, "Look, I don't I don't know if there's if there's talks, I'm not part of them. If my agents are talking to them, they're not telling me yet." Which I think is, you know, that's that's good insider knowledge. Like reps w- wouldn't tell the actors unless they were, like had something pretty solid to go on right like mm-hmm. you don't want to get your your clients hopes up all the time and then shatter them later so um if, if he is perfectly fine they recast him I, I i trust him if not whatever no big deal retool it and and move forward um and go down that route spider-man 4 i forget like i mean i'm so excited to revisit spider-man tom holland spider-man after the end of no way home right uh the, the he's by himself no baggage. No, nobody knows who he is. He's got a red and blue suit in New York. Looks great. Um, apparently, John Watts is still not a lock to direct the film on this one uh, from Sony, and Sony could be looking at uh, director Drew Goddard instead. Uh, we have talked about Drew Goddard quite a bit historically because he um, did a lot of uh, 
Daredevil. He created Daredevil for Netflix. I don't know if you remember mm-hmm. that. Uh, yeah, I then, remember. And then you know he's uh, you know got some other. I think yeah, his latest project was Bad Times at the El Royale, which you know I obviously had a huge cast in it as well. So I mean, cool if it's him. Yeah, I, I'd mean, rather John never, Watts come back, but it's fine. I mean, I never really assumed John Watts would come back either. I mean, if I was a filmmaker that just like uh, crushed it on a Spider-Man trilogy, right, and you ended it on such like a kind of like a perfect kind of like farewell note in a way, I would I would just take the W and like move on and do the next yeah. thing because I think that kind of was his intention when he was originally kind of like signed up to do the Fantastic Four movie. Yep. Um, I think it's just like take you know yeah. take the take the bag take the money and go do that you know super artistic thing that no one we, would ever let you make but now you got the power to make it you know. Yeah, uh, he also was part of uh, Sony's plans to do the Sinister Six movie back in 2013. Uh, thankfully, mm-hmm. it never came to fruition, and then everyone was up. But like Drew Goddard, I, th- I think it's great. Um, John Watts getting him back would be fantastic. But do you, is that all you want to do for your life as Spider-Man movies? Like you know, obviously mm-hmm. the cash is there because anything Spider-Man brings in billion dollars. But um, the other part about Drew Goddard, he was actually in a photo, and we didn't talk about this. Uh, James Gunn posted a photo of his writers' room from 2023. Um, and Goddard, I think, is in that photo in there. So, like, he's, like, got his hands at DC. He's got his hands at Sony. Um, possibly now Marvel with this. Um, but, um, sure, I, I guess. I mean, I don't know who I'd want to direct a Spider-Man movie, Mike. If, if someone put me on the spot, like, put a gun to my head, who would you say? I'm like, same one, John Watts? No? Okay, well, then, yeah, this whoever you, you say is fine, I guess. So. Fresh, fresh meat is always a good idea, yeah. uh, you know, because we're going to be kind of kicking off a new chapter, right, in yep. this Tom Holland Spider-Man story. So I think you need a new director. Yep, and I think um, I, I don't know. I think my my problem with Drew Goddard out the gate is he has history with Sony and Spider-Man with that Sinister Six. So like, as long as Marvel's gives him, or they they have good writers, whether it's Marvel or something, and they have good writers and have a good script and they can make it all work, the director, you know, will 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 do a good job. I think he'll do a good job as director, but I'm worried about his Sinister Six history. Because Sinister Six back then was something, um, before we did the show, we were all worried about because it sounded like, because we all saw The Amazing Spider-Man 2, right? The end with uh, the basement. So, whatever. But that's fine because our next bit of news is is that kick in the face I was talking about at the beginning of the show with Sony developing a standalone film for not one, but two Spider-Man villains. One being Dr. Octopus. Like a standalone Doc Ock film. How does that make you feel? Oh boy! <laughs> uh, this is also will not be Alfred Molina returning from Spider-Man Two or Spider-Man oh, yeah. No Way I, Home. I I assumed it's gonna be some um, just like Hollywood hunk. I gotta mm-hmm. assume just like all of the other casting that they've done with the villains. Like whenever they get this Sinister Six together, it's just gonna be the hottest six people that exist in Hollywood. <laughs> the ba- the badass thing to do would give us that version from Spider-Verse, the the female Doc Ock. Olivia Octavius, you know, w- yeah. Yeah, with the kind of like almost more like pneumatic, uh, fluid, tubey type of tentacles. They, they ain't going to do that. They're not brave enough to, to put that on the screen. They don't have that type of uh, vision and insight. No, they're going to give us a guy who was bitten by an octopus in the ocean yeah. that now suddenly has the ability to control. I don't. He, he can rings. talk to sea animals. <laughs> he can talk to sea. It's, it's their Aquaman is what they're doing here. Yeah, right? but like I, I've totally divested my thoughts and prayers from this franchise. So I'm just like, yeah, go ahead, do it. I don't care. Just make sure it's dumb and entertaining because that's all I can really hope for anymore. Yeah. So sure. Doc Ock, whatever. <laughs> you know, the, the thing I remember most about Morbius Mike is um, the, the visuals of the movement, the, like the purple, right? The, mm-hmm. the fluid. If they can make something visually stand out in this movie that doesn't, I will forgive it. You know, for the most part, be like, yes, you're gonna do it no matter whether I say or not, whether I like it or not. Um, but but as long as they can do something visually cool, that's fine. My guess also for this is uh, in the next character, or they're building their Sinister Six. We talked about like, oh, they wouldn't reuse anybody they've done recently. Uh, well, we were wrong. Uh, Sony looked at us and said, "You're wrong. We're gonna do it anyway. We're gonna redo Doctor Octopus, Doc Ock, Otto Octavius." 
uh, and do it that way. I agree that, you know, I like the idea of the shift, you know, going to that. But what I would like to see is similar to that character is, you know, the one we saw in Spider-Man 2 was a scientist trying to create infinite energy and a tragic story. The regular Otto Octavius is more of a scientist, right? And we've played the um, the Spider-Man video game, right? That that Otto is very, like, tech-minded in terms of, like, you know, science, science being like a scientist. So if we can get a really sciencey auto, that'd be great. But um, we're not going to get the, the, the bowl haircut with the thick goggle glasses versions. Mike, like you mentioned, we're not getting nerdy auto Octavius. We're getting hunky auto Octavius. Oh yeah. It's going to be a frat guy who got too drunk. He's hung over. He stumbles into the science department and he like thinks he's like picking up and putting his own backpack on. But what? no, it's, it's like the tentacles from Doc Ock. And then he's just like whisked through his entire movie, uh, not able to control these arms. What? Uh, so, so I'm going to give you two options, two actors here. And you tell me what you think. One, uh, the, the main kid from high school musical. What's his name now? Zach Efron. Uh, Zach Efron. Okay, gotta throw that. Out there. <laughs> um, the other one is Jason Sudeikis. Oh, <laughs> so uh, I've got to throw two different ends of this. So like, which? So we've given Doc Ock. So okay, think about it. The next character we're going to talk about that Sony is going to, is said they're they're going to reboot and give us a new one is Mysterio. Uh, recently oh, played boy. by Jay Gyllenhaal in Spider-Man: Far From Home. And I say recently. This is like what 2018, 2019, 2019. So we're four years out. feels like forever, but it's not been that long. Um, so if you were to pick one of those two actors, and this is just me making picking two actors out of thin air here, which one do you cast as which one? Zach Efron? Jason? Which one, which one would you, you do here? I feel like uh, you don't want to blow your chance of showing um, a shirtless character, and I feel like the shirtless character is more than likely going to be Doc Ock. So mm-hmm. you got to put Efron in there, okay. put Sudeikis in as a uh, Mysterio. <laughs> what a weird, these are two actors that don't need these jobs, but it's really funny to imagine yeah. me thinking that they're going to be in the MCU. And they're like, Oh no, we signed the line yeah. for Sony. We didn't realize. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We, we uh, they, they have like a, a piece of tape over the title of the movie. And then once they signed it, they peeled the tape off and revealed what it really is kind of thing. <laughs> Um, no, so so what bites Mysterio to make him magical? A, a, a magician. That's the whole, that's the magician. <laughs> a magician bites him, and he becomes, and, and he gets the the power to uh, talk to to mirrors and smoke. Oh my gosh, I love it. Um, Mysterio, I think is is really cool. We we didn't get a true Mysterio right in in Far From Home. We got essentially a, a, a an angry Tony Stark ex employee who wants revenge. Uh, and is using drones for this stuff, and and drones. That's, that's it was it was great. It worked in the moment. Um, you know, he had the the charisma of of that character. Uh, but at the end of the day, Mysterio. I want to see some like we had that one scene where I had like the zombie Iron Man and the other like kind of trippy mm-hmm. stuff. I want a lot more of that shit in this movie, Mike. I want uh, like an absolutely like trippy. You know, you know. Kind of like the Doctor Strange stuff, too. Like, I want to really get wild and weird with this movie if they're going to do it. Chris, you, you bring up, a, you bring up a, a good point in a sense of uh, they explained the power set of Mysterio in uh, Spider-Man Far From Home uh, with uh, this drone technology. And I, I maybe that goes – I feel like that maybe goes a little unappreciated because I always harp on if you're going to give somebody these otherworldly abilities – go take the effort to explain them and they constructed this entire narrative around uh jake gyllenhaal's origin and being mad and oh he's got to be mad at tony stark because he needs access to this very specific technology and this technology makes sense in the sense of that it's stark tech so i like that they did all of that work when uh, maybe the more lazier route could have been like well we introduced magic with doctor strange Mm -hmm. maybe there maybe the somebody like stole a magic book and now they know magic or something like that. So I, I wish that there was more of that in the screenwriting going forward in the MCU. Like don't just, don't just like rest on your laurels, like be creative. Cause that was a really, really fun turn in the movie. And that wouldn't have happened if they didn't have to go through kind of all of these, I don't want to call them hoops because it makes it seem like they're unnecessary, but if well, they didn't put the effort into figuring out that, a fun story. Well, that also, is a double-edged sword because it relies you to watch everything beforehand when they're 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 purposely trying to say you don't have to watch everything uh it pays off for people but yeah i I, to me i think if but but i guess the other thing is if sony's gonna do mysterio i don't want it to be as you mentioned an identical 
thing, right? Someone who's, who's relying on technology and stuff like that. So if they want to do, like, in the Sony universe, like, okay, maybe he is a, using magic or, like, he's making deals with devils or, or you know, I'm making stuff up. It's maybe similar to, was it Spider-Man, uh, Spider-Man 2 game where he has, like, the Mysterio portals, the Mysteriums, right? Where mm-hmm. there's, like, trippy things kind of going. I don't know. How, it wasn't really magic, but, it, like, it was also tech at the same time kind of deal. So like they could maybe do some of that. I don't, I don't know. I, I want them to just be different. I don't want them to be like, Hey, you know, uh, we just, yeah, we agreed one thing. bit yeah. by a magician. That yeah. is the best way to make it as different as possible. Exactly. And the, the magician's got to be hot. Yeah. Everyone's got to be hot and sexy. Yeah. Um, and that's all I'm looking for. It's got to be funny. He's got to be funny though. Mysterio. I need, I need a funny one. Octavius can be serious. But we need a funny. We need somebody funny in Jason, this universe. Jason Biggs, you know the guy from oh. American Pie. Oh yeah. I'm am su- subbing out Sudeikis for Biggs. Another Jason. You just pick pick yes. your Hollywood Jason. Because I I think that's the, my my concern is all these like we have um you know uh, Craven Venom. Well, we have Craven. We have Venom. We have uh, Madam Web. What's what's the other one? I'm I'm missing. Um, Morbius. They're all serious fucking movies, man. Like I don't need more anti-hero BS. Then being let's have a fun movie for once. Like you know, maybe we maybe like you mentioned, Jason. We hearken back to '90s comedies, like and make it like you know gags. So I don't know. We'll see. We're not gonna get anything we want out of these to begin with. So why are we even why are we even give them a chance? <laughs> Lastly, uh, we're gonna switch into DC mode for a bit. James Gunn has uh, shared that season two. Uh, is uh, he's halfway he's written half of it at this point and this is the only other project besides pre-production for superman legacy he's working on at this time so that to me number one peacemaker season two great that means it's probably you know maybe a year year and a half off uh maybe summer 2025 as well and that james gunn is only working on this makes me feel a little better that he's not doing all the projects at dc right now say like I mean, this got to be a busy man. I mean, outside, I mean, really, truthfully, uh, directing and writing is not supposed to be what his job is, right? You know, he's supposed to be overseeing this universe, he's supposed to be reading things, giving notes, like meeting with casting directors, you know, uh, art departments and stuff like that. He's actually supposed to be doing so many other things. So I'm surprised he even gets any of this other stuff done as well. I'm actually curious to see what he puts his hands on after the Superman movie, right? You know, because I I don't think it's a bad idea for him to maybe kick off this new version of the DC Universe. You have a very seasoned, proven director and creator that's going to write and direct this Superman movie, you know, really uh, uh, draw the line in the sand of where this universe is going to go, and then let's hire these other creatives and directors to come in and, and flesh it out. And I feel like once that starts, he's going to be a really, really busy guy. So yeah. I'm curious how so, often he will come back to direct and write things. So I would say um, he's kind of doing what John Favreau did in a similar sense, right? Like he came in, even though we, we give credit to the producers and, and people up above Marvel, but like, you know, John Favreau came in and I believe he, he worked with the writers and wrote and, and directed Iron Man 1. And Iron Man 1 has set the tone for the past four 15 years at marvel right like that like if you watch iron man one nothing is outside of that realm really in terms of tone and, and character so he i agree he has to you know put put his flag you know flag in his hand and, and obviously he can do it like the movie doesn't have to be out for everyone else to work with him he can like show them what he's doing and and and, and going down that road to say this is how this dcu will work there's existing heroes there's existing villains we're not building it from day day zero so you know, hopefully that that is great. I, again, my my qualms with James Gunn most of the time is he thinks he's funnier than he really is. Things drag on for a little too long, and the soundtrack is in your face. Uh, I he, he he's not like that all the time, but hopefully they don't. They're not all James Gunn esque movies coming out of the DCU. They can do different ones based on who's writing and directing them, right? So um, hopefully he does a again. I, I doubt. I have no doubts he will do a great first Superman. And I have no doubts the people they have hired to work on this stuff will do other great things. Uh, it's just a lot riding on one property, though, right? Like, back when mm. we didn't know what Iron Man was and we didn't know it was, like, <laughs> make or break a studio, it was way easier to watch that stuff and have a good time. Uh, but with all eyes on Superman and James Gunn, boy, I cannot imagine the pressure at this time for that. So, 
Anything else you want to add to Superman Legacy? We call it Legacy or, Pe- <laughs> or Peacemaker. I I have forgotten. I I Peacemaker was 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 a good show, and it's been so long since I watched it. I've forgotten, you know, uh, most of those. Uh, most of it. I uh, probably need to revisit that a little bit. But it's very very fun. And then also, uh, again, firmly in the DC EU because it had Aquaman and the Flash. So we'll see what carries over in the new universe as well. Yeah, we'll have to see if there's maybe a, some sort of super-powered event or character that shows up that whisks Peacemaker off to the proper timeline, or or uh, maybe he'll just exist in his own weird little world for a little yeah. bit. Who knows? Yeah, they had aliens controlling most people on the planet at this point, Mike, so uh, we'll, we'll see. Little, little dragonfly dudes, but I don't know. Well, that is the news for this week. If uh, people want to know what you're up to, what you're doing, where can they find you at, my friend? Yes. Happy New Year, everyone, and you can read my uh, webcomic at liferewardsrisk.com. Chris, people want to catch up with you, see all the fun little quirky mm. TVs that you're buying. Where can they find you? Oh, my you? TVs? You want to check up on my Digimon? I'll give you guys updates whenever <laughs> I get my Digimon. Uh, you can find me on uh, Instagram, Valdan87, V-A-L-D-A-N, or uh, video games of the same name. If people know about what you're up to, what you're doing, where can they find you at? I'm sorry, where can they find us at? We already did you. <laughs> We've got new episodes. It's a new year. Uh, we're entering our 10th year of this, Mike. Chris, uh, so. Is so, Chris is so sweet. He just wants to make sure people I, uh, know what I'm doing at all times. You're such an artist. The best you're thing such a that comedian. You, can do. you have it all. <laughs> just head on over to SuperheroSlate.com. That is the headquarters for everything we do here at the show. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Spotify, wherever else you love to listen to find podcasts. You can get merch at SuperheroSlate.com slash store we love hearing from you what are you excited about in the year of 2024 let us know we want to know what's on your radar so we can put it on our radars if it's not already there because chris has everything on his radar all the time anyway i would be surprised so here's the here's the ask try to surprise chris yeah (laughs) can you think of something that he doesn't already know about that's happening in 2024 and then uh if you want to be a super fan all you got to do is share the show with a friend Share the show with a buddy, and we'll be here every week, folks. That's right. We'll see you guys next week. Bye.